Batman is back, but is he better than ever? Today I'm talking about The Batman. This is Scott's Up Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott. Today I'm talking about The Batman, which is the most recent uh, <laughs> Batman movie from the DC group, and uh, got a lot of attention early based on some casting decisions, but finally got a chance to see it. Didn't get to see it in theaters, but it's on HBO Max now, and liked it pretty well. There's some things that would change, though, so I thought I would address them. So without further ado, let's get started. Man, the talk around comic book movies is fucking exhausting, isn't it? Maybe not between friends and generally enthusiastic fans, but the trolls and clickbait seem to be multiplying every year. If it's not another article about a director or actor saying they don't like Marvel movies, it's Craven Zack Snyder fan saying that Ben Affleck's version of Batman needs to come back. Even after a new Batman movie has come out, and it did pretty well with audiences and critics, and Ben Affleck himself says he doesn't want to reprise the role. Same goes for every casting and new film and series announcement. See Robert Pattinson being cast as our new Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Cue the outrage from people who seem to think the Twilight movies were the peak of his acting powers and talent instead of the good stuff like Good Time and The Lighthouse. Honestly, I tried to avoid as much as I could so I could let the movie speak for itself. Now that I have seen it, I like it, while also being a bit underwhelmed. About two years into Bruce Wayne's tenure as Batman, the vigilante has failed to make a major impact. Crime stats are steady, and now a major Gotham political figure has been murdered in his home. But when the crime scene contains a message directly to Batman, Bruce and his allies will have to figure out who the responsible party is, their motivations, and who their next target is. There are pieces of this movie that I really liked. There are a number of great action scenes. Pattinson fits this version of the character, a brooding loner who barely goes outside, and the general mystery and motivations for Paul Dano's Riddler are both relevant and good thematic territory for a Batman story. But the movie feels a few shades off of great. As such, I'm going to review this movie pro-con style by addressing the good and bad of its biggest elements. So for the good angle, we have great comic book visuals. As crisp as Christopher Nolan's take on Batman was, its emphasis on grounded action and visuals meant that some of the more stylistic elements, i.e. something akin to a splash panel in a comic book, weren't there. The Batman, on the other hand, has a whole host of these, whether it's one of the opening scenes, an action moment, what have you. And if I'm being honest, this is some of my favorite stuff you can do in superhero cinema. It's easy to make fun of the Avengers standing in a circle, but it is never not satisfying. And the con is that it feels small. The flip side of Nolan's emphasis on grounded visuals was that things like establishing shots and action beats always felt and looked gigantic, which works really well when your hero takes up a lot of space and has a large silhouette. But a lot of scenes in The Batman feel small. Hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes take place in subway stations instead of alleys with no ceilings. And there's a lot of scenes that take place in crowded rooms. I'm hoping they can make Gotham look and feel as big as possible in the second film. In the pro, we have solid acting. Everyone in this movie is great. Pattinson is great, Zoe Kravitz is great, and Andy Serkis is a perfect fit for our new Alfred. What I like is that everyone seems to get what kind of movie they're in. They're not trying to be the characters in Nolan's Batman movies, they're in Matt Reeves' take. The performances matching the tone can be a big problem in movies like this, and they all do an excellent job. 
the con is that it's bare bones on character. It's weird that I feel like I barely knew these characters after a three hour movie, but that's exactly the case. My assumption is that the emphasis was put on plot points and the mystery and the edit, which makes sense. However, it also means that things that could be more poignant, like Selena's relationship with the one missing woman, Bruce's mental state, and the relationship between Bruce and Alfred, could have added depth. Instead, there's a lot of scenes that are staged and acted to be bigger and more important than they actually feel. On the pro end, we have the villain's motivation. Comic book villains tend to come in one of three varieties. Either they present a conflicting ideal, for instance, Batman as order and Joker as chaos in The Dark Knight, an existential threat, see Thanos versus the Avengers, or a darker shade of our hero, as Riddler is in this movie. Matt Reeves clearly pulled from a number of old Batman stories, but what I like is how it directly ties to Bruce Wayne, Gotham's history, how it became so corrupt, and forces Batman to draw some lines in the sand or defend people that might be beyond redemption. It's nice when the villain has a point. On the con side, we have a mismatch between the visuals and intent. This is going to be hard to explain, but I think I can do it. One of the harder things to do in any movie is to make your visuals match the intended vibe or tone of the scene. One wrong edit or line delivery in a serious scene can turn it into an unintentional comedy. That's how most so bad it's good movies end up becoming comedies. And unfortunately, the Batman has a few moments like that. Namely, anytime Batman arrives from the shadows or walks into a room like a regular dude. Admittedly, this is played for laughs once or twice, but the visual of him is absurd. But there's a number of scenes where everyone is playing everything 100% straight, and here comes a giant man in a Batman costume, acting like it's totally normal that he's there. Cue something in the way, and the voiceover, and maybe a brief eye roll from me. This works for the Riddler, since he's supposed to be sneaky and crazy and unpredictable, but Batman's best entrances are when he comes in like a wrecking ball to change the dynamic. On the pro side, the action is almost there. So, for the love of God, please, and I mean please, get me an agile Batman sometime soon. Because the action scenes for Pattinson's Batman are damn close. He throws in some gadgets when he fights people in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and his MMA fighting style is on full display in a number of scenes. That said, the film plays very fast and loose with how much bullet damage the Batsuit can take, and we're still not quite at the grappling and wild flying martial arts I typically love in stuff like the Arkham Asylum games. It's close, though. The verdict is it's a promising start. Though it's not quite there, the Batman gives me hope for Matt Reeves and company's second go-round. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, with the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.